Badrashot Asazok Nagan. Aswaz Bahaban, Father Barir. I'm really uh, happy to have the chance to talk to you. And uh, I know we are connecting from different time zones, from Lebanon and from Fresno, California. Actually, one of my friends suggested me to have, uh, you know, talks with different people from different regions. So it will be very, you know, diverse podcast uh, to listen different uh, perspectives on different issues. And uh, today I, I really wanted to talk to you about your experience as a pastor. And I'm, I know that um, uh, the pastoral experience is totally different. And I'm sure already maybe uh, two years, more than two, three years, I think. Yeah, I think. It's, been, it's been give or take like three and a half years now. Oh, three and, and a half years you've been the pastor of Saint, uh, no, Holy Trinity. Uh, Armenian yes. Church in Fresno, California, and it it was your first assignment as a pastor, uh, yes, and uh, it's it will be really interesting to know what you learned and what was your impression before uh, becoming pastor, and then what happened. You know, first of all, let me ask you: um, we've been. In, se- in seminary together, uh, I know you're younger than me, but uh, I would love to know how you decided to become a priest, a celibate priest, and how did you feel the vocation, the calling to be a priest? It will be interesting to share with our listeners. Uh, first of all, I would like to thank you very much, Father Barir, for uh, doing this podcast to me and having me as a guest. Uh, I've been listening to the previous podcasts that you've done with other higher groups, and uh, it's very interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you, thank you for doing this because we really need to uh, kind of open up to the world in new ways, mm-hmm. and podcast is one of these ways. So thank you for doing this. Uh, now I would like to answer to your question about how I decided to become a priest by going a step back about how I decided to come to the seminary in the first place. Because, uh, you know, it's not easy to make a decision when you're 12 years old or, or 11 years old. In my case, I was 12 and uh, I received a call from uh, one of our dead hires in Aleppo. And he talked to me, to my, to my parents, about the idea of the seminary. And he said, uh, it would be very good for you to go there and study there. Uh, And of course, as I said, it's a very tough decision to make. But uh, I came to the seminary because my best friend was also uh, suggested the same thing. So when I talked to him and he said he's going, I said, okay, I'm following you. Of course, unfortunately, after like five years uh he left the seminary but i stayed there and uh after my fifth or sixth year i started to love the lifestyle of uh the priesthood you know because uh being a priest is not only being in the church and praying it, especially in our case the armenian priests 
uh, we should be closer to our people and we should help our people and it's vice versa you know the people also help the church uh, so I, I love this combination to be honest and uh, when I was becoming deacon on the altar and you know the feeling you know when you're on the altar mm -hmm. kneeling in front of uh, the bishop and then turning your face in front of the, of the people uh, it's a very unique feeling and it's you feel the blessing descending on you mm -hmm. uh, and when I had that feeling I said I want to continue in this path wow and uh, I think uh, what what I understood from your talk that you decided or you felt that calling while you were becoming a deacon, which is yes, very interesting. Um, I know. Uh, and as you mentioned, some people uh, during the pathway, they feel that it is not their calling to be a priest, which is also a blessing because it's not that everybody is called to be a priest. Uh, and and people, if people had the chance to uh, recognize the fact that they are not called to be a priest, is again a blessing because uh, they they might find their true vocation, which is maybe uh, you know creating a family and uh, doing the serving as a lay person, which is also. Uh, as as a parallel, very important in our mission. Absolutely. And as as you mentioned, uh, it's really important that uh, the fact that we as Armenian priests, we are not just here to serve uh, people for their spiritual needs. We are called also to to carry another cross, which is. Uh, preserving tradition, our culture, our language, our uh, identity, because uh, we know the history uh, of our, the Armenian nation wasn't easy. But again, uh, by the help of the church, the Armenian church, we were able to face all the tribulations and find our place on earth as a nation, as, a, as an ethnic group. Uh, which really we try to inherit that from our ancestors, from those priests who gave their lives uh, for our church and for our people. Yes, absolutely. Now, absolutely. the most important question to you is, I know you had different, um, different imagination or different impression how... Uh, how are you going to serve in a culturally different uh, society in Fresno, going, you know, from Lebanon or, uh, you know, raised and born in Aleppo, uh, overall having the Middle Eastern culture and going to Fresno and serving in a, um, a comparatively modern uh, culture, modern society, you had different, uh, you know, thoughts about serving. Maybe you had some goals before going, before taking the plane to go to Fresno. Uh, and 
it will be very interesting to know what was it and what happened after serving maybe a year or two. Uh, please go ahead and share with us about your experience. Now you're bringing back memories, Hayr Barur, uh, because I remember when uh, Vehapar first uh, called me and uh, I met with him, uh, and when he told me that I'm thinking of sending you to America, I was very shocked, to be honest. Uh, and the reason of my shock, the 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 main reason was because I wasn't familiar with the language to start with, uh, and I wasn't familiar with the culture because it's a culture shock for us who lived our lives, uh, you know, among people who are born speaking Armenian, having the uh, fortune. I would like to say fortune of uh, preserving our language without having any problems. Uh, and I literally asked Vehapar, uh, I said, Vehapar, are you sure? Because uh, I was afraid, to be honest. Uh, and Vehapar said, of course I am sure. What do you mean? And uh, he explained me, and uh, he tried to reveal uh, my stress, you know, uh, mm-hmm. or relieve our uh, my stress, sorry. Uh, he tried to relieve my stress, and after th- that meeting, uh, I asked Vehapar to go to uh, American Language Center uh, and learn some English, which helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, of course, like everyone in life, when you are uh, planning to go somewhere and to do some work, you have to plan towards that work. It happens with everyone. And my plan was uh, to be as close as possible to the people and to try to help them in any manner necessary. And before I got here, our spiritual brother Hardajad was here serving uh, and he did like an amazing job in that case and uh, I can feel people's love and people's appreciation towards him until this very day and uh, that helped me a lot to be honest because uh, the change is hard for people, is hard for the priest or the priests in general, but sometimes people expect, you know, there's expectations and people expect the newcomer to do as good as the one who's, who used to serve in the place. And I remember one of the parishioners told me, uh, you have big shoes to fill. And mm-hmm. uh, I said, I can see that, but I'll, I'll do my best. Because, again, it was a culture shock for me. Uh, relevantly, more modern place. A place where, unfortunately, because of uh, many problems, 
people lost their language but kept their Armenian identity. They kept their Armenian traditions, uh, every single one of them. But uh, because of some uh, misfortune things that happened, that occurred in Fresno, uh, people lost their language. But they still admit proudly that they're Armenian. And they stick to that proudly. Uh, they keep their Armenian identity and do everything to keep that. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, as I said, I had a plan to be close to people, to be close to the youth, because uh, as we all realize, the youth are not only the future, but also the present. Mm -hmm. uh, today, the youth have uh, very good ideas, very nice ideas, very nice plans uh to make our church become or to uh, to make our church look even nicer and greater in every aspect mm -hmm. uh and i think after being here for three and a half years and after being close to people uh listening to them hearing to their uh suggestions uh, being them older people, younger people, uh, I think we need to give them space in our uh, in our missions in in general. Uh, we want new ideas, we want new ways of working, because uh, as we all realize, the world is evolving very fast. Mm -hmm. Every day there is something new. A new technology, a new uh, scientific reveal, something new every day, if not every hour. And we need to keep the pace with that. And our Vehapar, His Holiness Aram I, is an example in that. Because he does everything he can to keep the pace with the modern world. Uh... And he's shown that through his work, through his words, uh, through teaching us. Because uh, I'm sure you remember when uh, we used to have our classes with His Holiness, he used to tell us uh, the priests should not be only in the church uh, praying and uh, doing sacraments. The -hmm. priests should go to people and should invite people, uh, should take the church to the people. So that's very important, and I think uh, we need to follow the footsteps of His Holiness and combine that following the footsteps uh, with taking people's suggestion or suggestions under consideration. So uh, we can think on these suggestions, take the very important ones, and put it in our uh, work in our mission so uh, we also can keep the pace with the world and keep people especially the youth in the church that's very true father Ashod and I remember when we had class with his holiness and when he was teaching about pastoral theology and um, he once said very important statement that the church 
and especially the priest or the pastor should be very flexible flexible uh, to uh, to the community to the society and to the time this is very important i know that we have a church which is very rich with traditions and uh, language and culture but again all these things should be very flexible uh, and be you know accessible for modern people and for the for the modern world for the more modern time and as you mentioned it's it is very important to give that space to the youth to express themselves how they this how they you know depict the church uh, serving for them or for serving for the rest of people uh, it's very important because sometimes we think that we are giving the, uh, the the space that they need but again we are interfering in that space which is not a space that they need they need to feel that they have a responsibility and they have to make some decisions so they may feel they are part of the mission otherwise Absolutely. sometimes we think that uh, we we are you know calling and asking you to you to come and we have something to teach them i know we have that part in our mission but we have also the other part which is giving the freedom of space to express themselves and and to show how they feel that they are part of this divine institution uh, that's how we can make sure that the present youth is with us otherwise we will keep doing our business as sometimes our his holiness mentions you know some uh, people would love to keep the business the way it is and I'm, I'm yes. sure it, it is a, it is a way of saying it's not a business but uh, what I mean is that we cannot keep the church frozen and you know unbreakable we yes. should be very flexible I think this this was one of your experiences that you had uh, in, in Fresno so when I came to Fresno, uh, as I said, Haidajat will have done a really good job by uh, keeping the uh, or bringing in the youth and keeping them in the church. So when I first came, uh, and when I first saw the youth that are engaging in the church, being that on the altar every Sunday. Uh, during youth group meetings uh, and personal relationships, you know, uh, they were very close to Hayadajat and they showed the same closeness to me as well. Uh, and at when they showed the same closeness to me, I thought that... Uh, you know, I'm not here only to teach things, but also to learn new things. Uh, as we all need to learn new things in life, because that's the process of a healthy life, I guess. Right? Yes. Uh, to teach and to learn. Uh, and then 
after spending with them a year, you know, after spending a year in Fresno, uh, going out in and out with the youth, uh, and being with the people, uh, I had a thought of, uh, you know, maybe appreciating the youth in the church. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Unfortunately, during the pandemic, it was very hard to keep uh, the physical, let's say, meetings alive. But we tried it on Zoom. We tried it on like video calls, uh, like FaceTime or WhatsApp video calls or whatever. Uh, it, it wasn't feeling the same, but it was giving something, uh, some feeling like, okay, you're back together in a way, at least, and you're talking with each other in a way. Mm-hmm. But uh, when the pandemic started to fade away a little bit, uh, I had a thought of, you know, at least gathering the youth uh, and preparing them to become deacons in the church and uh, giving them a space in our choir in the church. And they really appreciated that. And because of that, uh, last year we had eight newly ordained deacons, which are, uh, the age groups are, I want to say, 19 to 40, which is a big thing, I guess. Uh it, it gives a longevity to the church, to the service of the church, and it also creates an enthusiasm in our people saying that, oh, well, the church is not the place for those who are retired, but also uh, the church is a place for the youth. That's right. And uh, we've been doing very good now. Of course, thank God for that. Uh, And as I said, we have eight new deacons. We have choir with uh, young members. And people, all the people are appreciating that. You know, when they come to church and when they see young people are singing with their beautiful voices. Young people are on the altar and doing everything uh at the best level they can do people are appreciating to come to church or to be in the church every sunday and it's a very good thing to see the youth everywhere regardless there are short last month we had a medical group from fresno who visited us who visited lebanon and helped us very much yes and uh, they were talking about about you and about your works that you're doing and you are doing a great job and uh, you know sometimes uh, people forget that uh, you know when when we when we uh, were asked to be pastors for you know big communities like fresno you are in 20s and you are able to uh, you know, serve and organize and be a leader in Fresno, which is a really blessing 
for the Armenian church and for the Armenian community in Fresno. And uh, I'm, I'm also very surprised how perfect you speak uh, in English, uh, you know, after uh, learning the English from the scratch. Uh, and uh, I pray that you really um, thrive in your pastoral service in Fresno. And uh, we'll, we'll keep, you know, be updated with your works. Before closing the podcast, I would like to, uh, I would like to hear from you a pickup line. If you are going to advise uh, a, a young priest that was going to serve as a pastor for the first time, what would you tell him as an advice? I would tell him, first of all, to keep the faith and not to give up and not to be afraid of anything because if we make mistakes, we learn from those mistakes. If we succeed at, some, uh, at something, we'll be feeling very blessed and as long as we keep our faith in God, we will be doing good. That's what I say. Thank you. Thank you, Father Arshot, for your time, for your service. And uh, I will ask for those who are listening to our podcast, have a thought or prayer for you and for your community. Thank you very much, Father Barir, again, for having me. Thank you for your kind words. Uh, I also pray for you because being the dean of the seminary, preparing our next, next generation of servers of God and of the community, uh, it's not an easy task. So thank you very much, Hayr Barur. And uh, don't take it personal, but please take good care of our next generation. For sure. Thank you.